You are listening to the Daily Homily for Magdala in the Holy Land. When Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of King Herod, behold, Magi from the east arrived in Jerusalem, saying, Where is the newborn King of the Jews? We saw his star at its rising, and have come to do him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was greatly troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. Assembling all the chief priests and the scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it has been written through the prophet, And you, Bethlehem, land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah since from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and ascertained from them the time of the star's appearance. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the child. When you have found him, bring me word that I too may go and do him homage. After their audience with the king, they set out, and behold, the star they had seen at its rising preceded them until it came and stopped over the place where the child was. They were overjoyed at seeing the star, and on entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother. They prostrated themselves and did him homage. They opened their treasures and offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed for their country by another way. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. I understand that the word Babel, Babel, Babylonian, is from babbling. No, don't be babbling. Say something clear and intelligible. Babbling is confusion. And so the Tower of Babel is a memory. We also have this theme in a way in, in Pentecost when all the languages are spoken. But here we have the leaders of Babylon coming to adore the Christ child. And they are following a star, and Babylon had great fame, even though apparently its high point had been passed of scientific research in astronomy. So they're applying scientific knowledge to pursue their heart's desire. And then on reaching Bethlehem and Jerusalem, what happens? They have to consult the scriptures. And here we have a beautiful model of faith and science together finding Christ. They are not in opposition. They are brought together. I don't take any credit for this idea. It's very beautifully expressed in a little booklet called The Nativity narratives from Pope Benedict in the trilogy that he wrote on Jesus while he was Pope, an amazing work of 
explanation of the treasure of the scriptures, a beautiful gift that we can receive. I recommend it. I was going to bring it here. I forgot to bring it from my room to show you as a suggestion for a gift. If you want to give gifts on the Day of the Kings, you can order the book and even order the whole trilogy. It's worth much more than two theater tickets uh, for any major event or a big pop concert, uh, um, concert to give that gift to somebody. These books are amazing uh, treasure of insight of a mind that's so brilliant like Pope Benedict had and a, and a holy heart, a pure heart given to God. And so uh, here we have uh, the kings coming from Babylon, kings, we call them kings in the tradition, they're, they're uh, magi. Magi has a positive and a negative meaning, m magic and dark side, and then you have this majestical majesty, uh, it's a greatness, uh, and in, uh, a learning, um, and great leadership, and so they are uh, coming in that sense to find Jesus, and they're coming as great leaders from their people, from a foreign people, a pagan people, and the local king wants to eliminate the child and is even speaking deceitfully to them as we later see. And it's not a surprise because Herod had that unfortunate history in his own life of great brokenness and great, uh, great talent, but also at the same time, great brokenness. Uh, here we're seeing a beautiful texts uh, in Isaiah and in the Psalm 72. All of chapter 60 of Isaiah and this Psalm 72 are basically mirror images of each other, uh, where we have, let every nation on earth adore you. And in the psalm, we have the kings of Tarshish, and that's uh, in Spain. And we have the islands, maybe that's Ireland, and Scotland, <laughs> the islands of Scotland. Who knows where those islands are that they're referring to, but it's over that direction probably. And then they skip over to the kings of Arabia and down to Seba, Egypt, Ethiopia. And so it's like the whole world in this psalm that we just prayed, that every, Lord, that every nation on earth adore you. And that there will be pro profound peace and that the poor will be taken care of. That's the great mission of leadership of kings. And the king of kings is coming to do that. And that's the appeal because the king of kings in the Psalms, there are many Psalms talking about the king, Psalm 110, 96, 97, 98, talking about God as king. You remember how Saul couldn't, uh, uh, prophet Samuel was arguing with God, you're the king, but the people are clamoring for a king and God said, give them a king. And he'll tax them and he'll take their kids for his armies to have wars and he'll take their property and, um, let them have their kings. And then to find God the king again, born in a manger, laid in a manger after his birth. The nations shall walk by your light. And we are all from the nations here except one Jewish person <laughs> who came from the nations to live here. <laughs> so um, this is amazing, you know. Uh, Colombia, United States, Europe, um, North and South America, you know, we're here in the fringe of Asia, the western fringe of Asia, and we're so close to the Alexandrian Egypt, to the Nile Delta, to Africa, 
and all of Asia opens up uh, before us here, and the whole world coming together. Uh, this is the message of this great festivity, and it's called the epiphany for that, because God now is revealing a plan of salvation that was very protected in the heart of the chosen people. And now it's ready to be shown to the nations, opened up. God has such a heart for all the nations, for all the people, such a heart of mercy, such a heart of way to reach them through their science, through their gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh, through their efforts. God takes into account our efforts. And we have this beautiful line in the letter to the Ephesians. You have heard of the stewardship of God's grace that has been given to me for your benefit. Who gave him the stewardship of God's grace to Paul? Well, God. God. God has the overall stewardship of grace, which is led only by mercy for salvation. This is the great gift of, of the mystery of Christ. So we have enough to ponder uh, to come like these kings. They prostrate themselves before Christ. They go down before him. And somebody commented recently, and I forget who it was that I heard, our proper place is prostrate before God, because that's where our health starts. There was a German psychiatrist who was giving a wonderful talk about the value of adoration. That Adoration is the place where we need to be to be right. And he is talking about his experience as a psychiatrist working with people with great mental and disturbance in their lives and their hearts and their minds and their souls and their relationships. And he said, once we get on our knees, once we go before God in adoration, we're in the right place. We allow God to be in his place and we're in the right place. And a lot of health happens when that relationship is right. And when that relationship is right, it means we don't bow our knees before fashion or before pressure or before peer pressure or before the agenda of the moment that in two weeks' time is completely forgotten and today it absorbs us so much. We have adoration in our lives if we are prostrate before the Lord. Thank you for joining us today. If you want to learn more about Magdala, follow us on YouTube and on Facebook.